It's always hard for me to speak on uh, days like today. Uh, in fact, I don't really like speaking on days like today. I should ask Pastor Luis to speak. Uh, <laughs> because um, it's hard to think of what to talk about on a day like today. It's, it's, it's been said. Like everything's been said before. And uh, especially today where we're celebrating two occasions. Father's Day and our anniversary. So as I thought about, as I contemplated, as I prayed for the topic that I was going to speak about uh, today, I, I thought of the, the, the common denominator, so to speak, uh, regarding anniversaries and fathers. And the, the main umbrella that covers all of them, uh, I think, is God's faithfulness. God's been faithful to our church, and it's, you, you heard it in songs, and I'm saying it again right now, uh, that God's been faithful. 39 years, especially uh, the past couple of years when we're navigating through the pandemic, God has been faithful. And I would also say that God has been faithful to the fathers here in our congregation um, for raising up children here in the church. So that's what I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to focus on the faithfulness of God when it comes to our parenting. That's why the title of the message is Successful Parenting. Um, I was just going to focus on the fathers, first of all, <laughs> when I was preparing this. Uh, but I think, you know, this would be beneficial for the mothers as well uh, who are here. So this is for both. This is for parents. Uh, and my hope is, uh, my mic is getting louder and louder. I don't know if it's just me. Can you pass me that water, please? Thank you. My hope is for this message to... Um, Encourage uh, both the new parents and parents with older adult children. I mean, by a raise of hand, uh, who here has children under 13? I know there's a few of you. Who here has children 13 to 18? A few of you. Who here has, they're not children anymore, but 18 and above? So it's pretty much even. The, 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 the teens, they're, they're, there's not much representatives here as far as the teens go, but it's pretty much even across the board here. We all have children in different stages of their lives. So my, my hope is I can encourage you, uh, both new parents and old parents, with this message on Proverbs 22, verse 6. Now, the uh, title for this morning's message is Successful Parenting. Um, and there's two questions that I would like to discuss this morning regarding this topic. First, is there such a thing as successful parenting? Is there such a thing as successful parenting? And second, what role does God's faithfulness play when it comes to successful parenting? Okay? So number one, is there such a thing as successful parenting? Number two, what is the role of God's faithfulness when it comes to our parenting? Okay? So I'm gonna, we're going to discuss that one by one. First, is there such a thing as successful parenting? Who says, yes, there is? I like that. The kids are raising their hands. Yes! My parents were successful parents when they parented me. That's good, man. Anybody else say no? There's no such thing. Maybe. Depends. <laughs> Nobody wants to, to participate. That's good. <laughs> so is there such a thing as successful 
parenting. I would argue, and I need to listen to this carefully, I would argue that there is really no such thing as successful parenting. Uh, and, I, and I say that because the results or the fruit of any parenting, I'll call a style, is never guaranteed. That's why I say there's no really such thing as successful parenting. I don't care how well you started, the ending of your child's or the future of your child is never guaranteed. Right? Now let me clarify that further by saying that this does not mean that we should totally forget about parenting our children, just let them do what they want. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? It doesn't mean that. Okay? Or it doesn't mean that godly parenting has no role in shaping the lives of our children. It's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that there are no perfect parents here and that ultimately the fate of our children and the future that we want for them is all in God's hands. Gracious, merciful, loving, faithful hands. So when I said that there's really no such thing as a successful parenting, I say that because the reality is that there are some good parents whose children ended up dropping out of school dropping out of the faith, leaving the church. Good parents. Meanwhile, there are also some bad parents whose children end up becoming successful in life and also live as followers of Christ. You agree with me on that? Right? <clears throat> so when I say that there's no such thing as a successful parent, I mean when it comes to the results. It's not guaranteed. So this brings us to our text this morning found in Proverbs 22, 6. Can you guys recite that from memory? Proverbs 22, verse 6. Okay. Now for a lot of us, Proverbs 22, 6, that's our go-to verse when it comes to parenting, right? Somebody asks you, how should I parent my child? Well, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way... They should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. But here's my question. If success, when it comes to parenting, is not guaranteed, then how are we supposed to understand Proverbs 22.6? Because success as parents, is, is, if it's not guaranteed, is Proverbs 22.6 false? Because it says there, train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. And we all know that that's not actually true for everybody. Right? So how should we understand that proverb? Proverbs says, if we train up our children in the way they should go, they should stay on that path until they grow old. Right? Ideally speaking, yes, that's what's supposed to happen. But reality says no. So again, how are we supposed to understand this proverb? Now, as far as I can remember, I've always understood this verse or this proverb as a cause and effect kind of verse, that if I do a certain thing, the effect will be a certain thing. Right? If I do this, then this will happen. That's how I've always understand this proverb. Unfortunately, that's the wrong understanding of this proverb. And I say that because when we consider the greater context of the whole book where this proverb is in, which is the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is one of the wisdom books in the Bible. 
right? Chapter 22, verse 6 cannot be read as a guarantee. It's not a promise because it is contained in the book of wisdom, right? The book of Proverbs is not a book of promises. It is a book of wise sayings that help the, the, the reader develop knowledge and understanding that leads to wisdom and godly living. If you want to learn more about that, come join our Sunday school, our adult Sunday school next week. That's what we're taking up, right? That's what the book of Proverbs is about. It's not a book about promises. That's why when you read the book of Proverbs, who's, who's read the book of Proverbs here? Okay. When you read it, the book of Proverbs, each proverb captures and expresses truths about wise living. How? In a poetic form. Why? So that we can remember it. If these are warnings, if these are wise sayings, it, what's the point of reading it if you're not going to remember it? Or if you're not going to understand it, right? That's why it's written that way, so it's easy to, to remember. That's the greater context of which the book of Proverbs is in. That's why I say Proverbs 22.6 shouldn't be read at, as or shouldn't be taken as a guarantee that if you do one thing, the result is guaranteed, right? Now, let's zoom in a bit more to the immediate context of Proverbs 26. If you look at the verses before verse 6, they talk about different circumstances or situations of how things generally work. Okay, let's read it. 22 verse 3. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So if you're prudent, it says there in verse 3, what's, what's a prudent person? Someone who is thoughtful about their future, right? That's prudent. When a prudent person sees danger, it says there in verse 3, they hide themselves or they try to avoid the danger. Meanwhile, the simple, who's the simple? The fool, go on and suffer for their foolishness. Meaning, they see the danger, they don't avoid it, they suffer for it. Right? Is that always true? Does this proverb mean, verse 3, that everyone who is prudent will not suffer and will always see danger coming and avoid it? Or does this mean that fools will always suffer for their foolishness? No. Sometimes prudent people, no matter how prudent you are, there's still some unforeseen circumstances that will cause some suffering in your lives. Do you agree with that? Right? No matter how prudent you are, you can't plan for everything, right? On the other hand, even fools can sometimes avoid suffering. I see a lot of that on YouTube. Uh, Fail Army. I don't know if you watch Fail Army. There's a bunch of fools riding their bikes off a cliff. Some of them don't suffer. <laughs> Some of them actually survive it. So is this proverb false? What about verse 4? Check out verse 4 as well. 22.4. The reward for... Humility and fear of the Lord is what? Riches and honor in life. Verse 4 says, in a perfect world, those who humble and fear God will receive riches and honor in life. Who here fears and humbles himself before the Lord? Raise your hand. Any of you millionaires? Any of you rich? <laughs> and there's also a saying, right? There's a saying that goes, only the good die young. 
If they're good, it says in that proverb, they should have life, more life. Why does only the good die young? Oh, there's a saying in Tagalog, masamang damo, tagal mamatay. Right? Well, why is that? Why does the bad have long lives? <laughs> why does the good die young? Does this mean that this proverb is false? Check out verse 5 as well. Verse 5. Can you guys read it? Simple, right? If you guard your soul, you will avoid thorns and traps, snares in your life. Is that guaranteed? Anybody here who is, hasn't fallen to temptation lately? No. Okay. We guard our souls from those. But how come we still fall? Is this proverb false? So as far as verse 6 is concerned, verse 6 is saying that parents, you are encouraged to train up your children. This means that we should do what we can do to make sure that our children will be set up for success, both in the world and with their relationship with God. But... Much like the verses that came before it, verse 6 does not guarantee that this will happen. Now, the video says that if you do that, if you do what verse 6 says, it is more likely to happen. Like if you train up your child in the way they should go, it is more likely that they will become successful in life. If you disciple your children, share the gospel with them, it is more likely that they will come to faith. More likely. But it's not a guarantee. That's why we should read and understand Proverbs 6, 22.6 as a warning and not a promise. It's not guaranteed. Because what's happening is a lot of parents, they read Proverbs 22.6 and they do what they have to do and then their children doesn't turn out the way they hoped. So now what? I did what I can. I did what I could. Why is my child still... You know, rebelling. Why is my child not coming to church? Why is my child not doing well in school? Why is my child hanging out with bad crowd? I did I, for my son, Eli. Where is he? He hid because I was going to use him for an example. I trained up my son to not drink alcohol. From when he was a boy, no alcohol, bad for you. No alcohol, bad for you. He turns 21. Guess what? He's one of two people in my family that drinks. The other one's right there. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should... Okay, alcohol, drink, that's a different topic. It's not bad. I'm not against it. Okay? <laughs> I just don't want to see my child getting drunk. That's all. From, from the time he was a kid, I've showed him. I, I don't drink. Or don't drink. Follow dad. 21 comes, starts drinking. What am I supposed to do? Did I fail as a parent? Am I supposed to look at that and say, that, oh, I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. That's it. That's why my kid now is chugging down creamers and whatever beers you got. Is that it? Right. Is that what Proverbs 22.6 means? That's not what that means. 
Now, again, from the, like the greater context, Proverbs 22.6 is in a book of wisdom sayings. From the smaller context, is in a chapter that talks about warnings, that if this happens, this is going to happen, generally speaking. So we should treat Proverbs 22.6 the same way. And for us to do that, we need to look at the immediate context of the verse. So we're kind of zooming in from, from up here, bird's eye view. Now we're zooming into the verse. What is the immediate context or the smaller context of Proverbs 22.6? Um, and, and from there, uh, what wisdom can we extract from it? Um, so the immediate contract, the context of Proverbs 22.6 uh, in the Hebrew, the original Hebrew, the word used for train, right? It says that train up a child, right? The word used for train is the word hanak, okay? Which is also used three other, in three other verses in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 20 verse 5, 1 Kings 8.63, and 2 Chronicles 7.5. Now in these verses, the word hanak is not translated as to train up. Instead, it means to dedicate, to set apart, to dedicate, or it means to get something started or to initiate something, right? That's what it means to train up, to initiate something. So the literal translation of the first part of verse 6 is that children born into this world will always start off their lives on a certain path, on a certain direction, hopefully as directed by their parents. That's where they start off. Now, the next phrase in verse 6 says what? Train up a child in the way you should go. And this is the key to understand verse 6. You need to understand this phrase, in the way he should go. Now, the more literal translation of this part of this verse is in his own way or on his path. Okay, That's the more literal translation of that part of the verse, in the way you should go, literally, it's in his own way or on his path. So now if you put that together, let's paraphrase verse 6 together. If we put that together, verse 6 says, if you parents will start off, initiate your child in his own way, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Do you get the difference? If you start off your child in his own way, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's why I say this is a warning or a threat, some people say. It's not a promise. If verse 6 were a promise, it should say this. If you parents start off your child in the right way, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. If it were a promise, that's what it should have said. But that's not what it says. Right? It doesn't say if you train up your child in the right way. We, we, we interpret it that way. But really what it says is if you train him up, if you start him off on his own way, he's going to stay there until he gets old. It's a warning. It's a warning that if parents, we do not initiate the path of our children, our children will go their own way. And if that happens, then it will be very difficult for us to get them on the right path when they are older. Now, that's true for everybody. 
right? In other words, the message of verse 6 says this. All of our children have a certain inherent nature that will continue to grow or progress on the path that they start off from. All human children have a certain inherent nature that will continue to grow, will continue to progress on the path that they start off from. There's a saying in English about this, right? About this truth. What's that saying? You can't teach an old dog your tricks. Why? <laughs> because they grew up that way. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. That's why older people, it's hard, it's hard for them to learn computers or cell phones or tablets. They don't know that stuff. They weren't raised with it. Meanwhile, two-year-olds are teaching them. Lolo, here's how you do it. <laughs> Press this. It's true, right? Can't teach an old dog new tricks. And in Tagalog, we have a few words for this truth. Right? Like, kinalakihan. Or, kinasanayan. Kinalakihan na yan, ganyan yan. Lumaki na ng ganyan, tatandaan ng ganyan yan. <laughs> right? Because that's what the proverb is actually saying. It's actual warning as that if you do that, if you don't set them on the right path, they're going to keep growing that way until they're old. When they're old, it's hard to get them back on the right path. And here's the bad news. Okay? The bad news is this. Much like us, all of our children's nature initially is sinful. Inherently. We are all, by nature, sinful Creatures. Now, this doesn't mean that children coming out of the womb are evil. That's not what it means. They're not all the omen. Like, have you seen the omen, the movie? <laughs> Damien? Where's Pa? No, not Damien. Not, not that Damien. But in, right? Now, I'm not saying that they're inherently evil right out of the womb. But there is, they have this bent. All human children have this bent. They're naturally prone to choose what is wrong instead of what is right. If all our children were inherently good, then we won't have to correct them, right? But why do we have to do it? Because inherently they are sinful. Body Bakum, one of my favorite preachers, said that babies are, are, are little booby traps. They're cute. So you love them. So your tendency is to spoil them. And then when they grow up, that's when they blow up. Starts at the age of eight, right? When they start talking back to you. And it keeps going and going and going. If you don't correct that, if you don't set them up on the right path, you're going to grow old that way. Right? All children are inherently Sinful. If left to their own way, they will always miss the mark. That's what sin means, to miss the mark. Or choose what is bad for them instead of what is good. Or in other words, choose wrong instead of right. For example, I don't know any baby, okay? I don't know any baby, any child, who is naturally, inherently unselfish. All babies were born selfish. I don't care what the mother says. 
Usually it's the moms. No, no, no. I have a perfect child. Started talking in the womb. Can read and do multiplication tables as soon as they get out. <laughs> Usually it's the moms that do that. <laughs> right? Well, no, no. I don't care what the moms think. All babies are inherently selfish. They were born that way. Right? They were born that way. Babies are the most selfish human beings in the world. Why do I say that? Because they don't care if you get enough sleep. They don't consider the fact that you still have to work the next day. When they get hungry, what do they do? Cry, cry, cry. When they get wet, what do they do? Cry, cry, cry. Until what? Until you do something. Until you wake up, change their diapers, feed them. They're going to keep crying. They don't care about you. They are inherently selfish. So verse 6, 22.6 is warning us, if you leave them in that way, <laughs> these babies will become adults who have no consideration for others. Adults who want their way, and when they don't get it, they throw a tantrum. You know anybody like that? Yeah, I do, right here. If you don't do something, parents... <laughs> You're going to grow up that way. That's a warning that Proverbs 6 is telling us. Proverbs 6 is not a promise that if you do a certain thing, it'll happen. It's not guaranteed. And the wisdom in verse 6, sorry, not Proverbs 6, Proverbs 22, 6. The wisdom in verse 6 tells us that if that's the case, if children left to their own way keep going that way, even when they get old, then the wise thing to do as parents is what? Set your children on the right. Check out Proverbs 29, 15. You guys read it. You guys read it. Mm -hmm. Same mother that thought they were perfect when they were born. That's the same mother. <laughs> I have a perfect child. Child grows up because there's no rod and reproof bring shame to their their mother. So now, we're back to where we started. <laughs> we're back to where we started. There's still this problem. Since Proverbs 22.6 does not guarantee the future salvation or future success of our children, then what else can we do as parents? In order to help our children gain success in the world and also for them to know God and the salvation that is found in Christ, what else can we do? This is where the faithfulness of God comes in. Ultimately, our parenting, whether good or bad, can only take our children so far. None of us can bring them all the way. Whether that means worldly success or spiritual salvation. Proverbs 22.6 says that our job is to initiate them on the right path. And then after that, their lives are in the hands of God. We have to trust that God will be faithful to his promises for our children and for the promise of salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. No amount of parenting can assure the future of our children. Only the faithfulness of God through the gospel can do that. At the same time, it is God who uses faithful parents to guide and lead his children on the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Amen? 
So let me close by saying a quick word to the parents that are in here. First, to the parents with younger children. Yeah, parents with younger children, from newborns to age 10, 11. Set them up. Initiate them on a path that leads them to the Savior. Then, trust in God to lead them the rest of the way. Don't compromise. Don't make excuses for the wrong behavior of your children. You're setting them up on the wrong path when you do that. I see a lot of parents doing that. Oh, he's just cranky because he's sleepy. Oh, he won't eat because he just ate lollipops an hour ago. Oh, he's just, oh excuses after excuses. Don't compromise with your kids. If they're doing the wrong thing, correct them. Don't make excuses for it. That's not the right path. That's not what happens in the real world. Don't compromise. Set them up. Initiate them on the right path. Train and retrain. Training doesn't just happen once. <laughs> Keep going, right? Train and retrain. Teach and reteach. Don't give up. Don't be lazy. <laughs> okay. A lot of parents are just lazy. I already told this person. I already told my child a hundred times. That's it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm tired. That's not the right way. Train and retrain. I'm still being trained right now. I'm 46. But my parents, you don't stop. Train and retrain. Teach and reteach. Don't give up. Don't be lazy. Heed the warning of Proverbs 22.6, please. We don't need any more brats. Seriously. There's enough going around. We don't need another one from... <laughs> now, parents who have older teenage children or even adult children. Parents, and, and these are for parents who did not set up or initiate their children on the right path. Okay? Parents who did not set up or initiate their children on the right path, now their children are adults, teenagers, or even teenagers. What I mean by parents who did not set up their children on the right path I mean you didn't enforce your authority, you didn't discipline, you didn't teach them the fear of the Lord while they were young. Now your babies are teenagers. Now your babies are adults who are rebelling, not doing well in school, no job, got involved in a bad crowd, and have no interest in church. I'm not here to say I told you so. We all had different circumstances that surrounded our parenting, but then there are some who were just plain bad parents. And I'm not talking to those. I'm talking to the parents who may have been a single parent. I'm talking to the parents who had to work two jobs. I'm talking to the parents who had to work night shifts, who didn't have much time to spend with their children while they were still young. And their children ended up going the wrong way. The message for you today, those parents, is to never lose hope. I know there's some parents here who have adult children. Some of them are successful in the world. 
but they don't go to church. They have no desire to know God more. Don't lose hope. We have all failed our children in one way or another while we were raising them. Like what I said earlier, there are no perfect parents here. This morning, I want to encourage you to continue to place your faith and hope in the faithfulness of God to save and to rescue your children. That's all you can do now. But please continue to guide them. Continue to do that in hope that God is sovereign and wise above all and He is a good, good Father and that there is nothing impossible with Him. Don't stop. It's not over yet. Now lastly, these are for parents who started up their children, initiated them on the right path, trusted their children's lives to God in prayer. They did what they had to do. They did the Proverbs 26 thing. But their children did not turn out the way they had hoped for. Either in worldly success or most especially in their spiritual lives. What's the message for you? Message of Proverbs 22.6 for you is that God is still faithful. God is still faithful. It says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know it's a warning, but that last part, when they are older, will not depart from it, that's true. (laughs) It is true. So if you train them up the right way, they'll not depart from it. Does that mean they're not going to go left or right and sometimes get lost? They will. But God is faithful. He will bring them back. And have that hope for some of the young people that I had the privilege of ministering to in this church. God is faithful. If he started the work in them, the Bible says what? He is faithful to finish. That's the message of Proverbs 22.6 for those parents. Continue to pray for your children. Continue to dedicate their lives into the hands of the faithful father. Don't live in regret or anxiety. There's no point. Live in faith. We all could have done so much more as parents. We all could have prayed more. We all could have disciplined more. We all could have spent more time talking to our kids. We all, if given the chance, would turn back time so that we can make up for all our shortcomings as parents. Who here doesn't want to do that? We all could have done all of that. But it's, too, it's done. That time in their lives is over. So now what? Now we have to trust in the faithfulness of God to finish the work He started in our kids through us. Praise God. The good news is that even though we were not able to do more as parents, we still have hope because what we were not able to accomplish as parents in the lives of our children, God can and will accomplish. Amen? Amen. Let's read this last verse, Philippians 4, 6-7. 
says here, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, which what? Surpasses all understanding. So guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if there are any parents here who have adult children who, who did what they had to do, but their children still didn't turn out, have hope. Continue to pray. Offer them up to God. Godly, faith-based parenting is hard. It is draining both emotionally, physically, and spiritually. But thank God that the future of our children does not depend on our successful parenting, but on God's faithfulness. Amen? None of us can do it. We can only take them so far. My hope and my prayer this morning is that despite the challenges of parenting in this world that we live in, we can continue to rejoice in hope and have peace that surpasses all understanding because ultimately God will be faithful. Amen. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you.